Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host on Talk Design. I started this podcast because I wanted to share the journey of design that I've had and that many others have had. And I find it inspirational talking to people globally about what makes design tick and what makes design create a better world for others. My journey has taken me from clothing globally, women's swimwear, performance sportswear, mountaineering, yachting, all these kind of genres where each place I would learn more and more about different specifics and how clothing can support those. Also, I've worked in innovation as a systematic innovation trainer and worked with the aerospace industry as well as the marketing industry and the design industry. And all my years of design, still my favorite is the built structure and interiors and years of travel and discovery, I constantly look at what the emotions are that are created by the built space. I consider myself a student of design for my whole life and will go on that way. Some of the things that I do to support this is my podcast and then workshops and masterclasses where I teach people about trends and design thinking and tours where I take people on tour with me and we go and discover different points of architecture or interior design globally. I always think that when you're passionate about something, one of the things that you should do is is you should share it. And so creating the podcast was my way of sharing my enthusiasm and the enthusiasm of others and their passions around design with you. I hope you really enjoy it. And I ask you, would you please drop us a line? Tell us what you think. Tell us what got you excited. It's so inspiring when we get messages from our listeners that tell us about the things that shifted in their life because of who they listen to. And it gives me the inspiration to dig deeper and find more people that I can bring to your ears so that you live a better design life. bring you part two of my discussion with Lauren Lease. What an amazing woman, so much to be learned from her, such a beautiful aesthetic and her whole spirit of a human being, the way she approaches life and the way she designs are so intertwined. So please, if you've loved part one, go and pick up now and listen on. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to that as well. It'll have more context if you start in part one and move to part two. So here's more with Lauren. And thank you so much for being a listener. Here's to Lauren Lease. I want to ask you a little bit about your lines of everything, furniture, tiles, where they, where people get them. And then also just what inspires them. Obviously, everything that we've talked about so far about you and how you are and how you see the world is what inspires them because they're not trend driven. Tell me about them. Yeah, so I have a 
a couple, I've got an upholstery collection with Taylor King. So some of my collections I design and sell through my store, which is just laurenlease.com. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would be like my fabric collection. And then I have like home goods and that kind of thing. But then I have other collections where I've partnered with other companies that are making things. And so that's the majority of the collections. So I've got upholstery with Taylor King and people can buy that through my shop or they can go anywhere that carries Taylor King. Same thing with this company called Woodbridge where my case goods are from. I have a tile collection with a company called Architessa. Do kitchen cabinets with a place called Unique Kitchens and Baths. Do flooring with people called Wellborn and Right. I've got a new rug collection with Rugs USA. And then I have a lighting line coming out in July. I'm not allowed to announce it yet, but that's coming out with another company soon. So it's just, yeah, they're all just sort of in partnership with these really great companies that I've gotten to know really well and that can kind of execute my vision. And then all of the lines we just sort of keep adding to. So every spring, every fall, we just add in more. The Rugs USA, I think we just added like, I don't know, over, I think it's 30 rugs with different colorways. Wow. So you end up with almost 100 new rugs for this new collection on top of the other. So yep. it's fun. I like designing, you know, I love, love designing interiors, but it's really fun to design what goes in them. You know, you're like, oh, I need this for this pro. That's how so much happens. I need this for this project. I can't find it. We make it and then it goes in the collection. I love um, that. So yeah. 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 So you cust you're, you're custom designing and then you're going, yeah, this this we could do for plenty more people. Exactly. That's part of the, somebody asked me once, why do trends matter? And I said, well, trends don't matter. So the thing you will notice about a trend, though, is that you can't buy what isn't in trend. Right. When a, when a trend's trending, you know, when something's happening and you go, I'm looking for it won't be available. Yeah, and, that's and true. And so the, the trends drive them, drive themselves. They have their own energy that people just mm -hmm. go, oh, well, I can't get that, but I can get this. Okay, great. I'll take this. And then they start to work down a different line than where they maybe originally felt that they were going. Yeah. When, when you're doing a, designing across so many spectrums, you're not, but you are. You're formally designing across all these spectrums of diff for different companies. Does it get approached with, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how this, how to form this question. You're Lauren, and you, what your vision is, is these things, and if you're doing, say, lighting here, and you're doing let's say upholstery here and you're doing rugs here and they're all in different companies that are producing them but mm -hmm. are they a coordinated story so that they could be all bought to work well together i imagine they are but how do you control that they will yeah, be i, I mean, know but how do you control that yeah <laughs> you know it's a lot of it is i think it's just what i'm drawn to what i like with all these collections, you know, it's starts with sort of getting kind of signature pieces mm -hmm. that that are similar to like, you know, my favorite antique rug, you know, there's going to be a reproduction that feels like that. So kind of getting sort of the basic building block pieces that I'm like, oh, I always need this shelved end table. So it starts with the things that I kind of always need and was always looking for or having made. Yeah, I just put those in first of all. So it's, it's almost like dismantling 
my look and and going for that in each of those places and making sure you know as the seasons go on i get more seasons it gets to get filled in but i always try to start out with what i need the most yes so it's kind of like my building block pieces so yes. they just work they work really well together but it is all the same vibe even though they're different companies you know it's kind of there's vintage inspired and lots of natural materials and and themes and all of that so it kind of mm. all it could feel like when you see a photo of it all together it looks it looks like my work so it kind of yes so and, and, and one of the things that often i think gets lost in when people are doing things like this is that you know somebody says well it's got to be this color blue you know uh, or, or mm -hmm. you say that i really want this color blue and you get as close to it as you can in a rug and then in upholstery you don't want that color blue you want something that works with that color blue but it's still a blue and then it's mm -hmm. like these nuances and because the nuances is where your I suppose your subconscious wanders it's where you mm -hmm. it gets mm -hmm. comfortable when it has nuances it's like jeans shouldn't all be just one color you know there's lots of different tones and when you want if you take a pair of raw, raw denim jeans and you wear them and you just keep wearing them, they end up with the fade stripes here and they end up with, you know, sort of different kind of patches of colour in them mm -hmm. as the nuances develop and that's when they become a favourite and that's when they become something that tells a story of you. And mm -hmm. it, when I, having designed a lot of things in my life, within clothing and within, you know, like lots of custom furniture, I go, yeah, we don't want everything to be so prescribed we want everything to have its own story but those stories hold hands beautifully across a line but each piece is still an individual piece it's still it doesn't just get lost it's like there's something to that the whole environment soaks you in and then you start to get all the nuances but there's no oh. shock it's like just it's gentle that's probably oh. it mm. thank you Thank you. It's interesting, you know, I mean, I look at a lot of things on Instagram. I meet a lot of people. I travel a lot. So I'm constantly going to people's places, you know, to architectural studios and into homes that they've done or buildings. And there's some things that you look at and you go, oh, it just lets you relax. Yours is like that. Lets you relax. Mm -hmm. It lets, gives you a whole lot of values that you trust. I think of an architect, Jeffrey Dungan, who I interviewed from Alabama. I love him so much. Well, there you go. He's on my podcast really early on, and he had a guitar in the room. And I said, do you play? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And he reached over, he sort of leant back, and he went, he got it. And he just, he plays it on the podcast. I love that. I, I, I know him. I can see you guys getting along so well. He's I love that. such a fabulous person. He also yeah. taught me something that, from that podcast, that was just groundbreaking for me. And... Uh, he said to me, I said something about you must have some, you know, great projects. And he said, it's not about great projects. It's about great people. And with great people come great projects. And mm -hmm. when I got off the podcast, I ran upstairs and I said to my wife, how long have I been doing this? And I'm looking for great projects. I'm no longer looking for great projects. I'm just looking for great people to work with. I don't care how big or small the project is. Are they awesome yep. people? Yeah, that's that's how we are. It's like 
Dave is the one who does all the sort of new client conversations. And I'm just like, were they nice? Are they sweet? And he's like, yeah. yes. I'm like, great. That's, I mean, that's. We can keep know. talking to them then. Yeah. Yeah. I think exactly. <laughs> like, I just, at this point in life, I'm like, I do not want anyone who thinks that design is an emergency because it's not like, no. I just need, you know, a good, a, a nice, happy project with, with people who are, you know, fun to be around. Yeah, fun to be around and grateful and you can be grateful for them and they can be grateful for you and it makes yeah. it makes it go round. It really does. So true. Tell me about writing and why are you such a, I was going to say prolific writer, I don't know that that's the right word, but you love to write. You love that communication style. It's very you. Tell me about yeah. that and making books. You know, I've probably always written as I started a journal as a kid when I was maybe like six or seven and I thought I had important things to say. <laughs> so, and then I think I, well, my minor was creative writing. I actually uh -huh. met my husband in creative writing class. He was an English major. And then, yeah, I think someone approached me, uh, my agent approached me maybe 10 plus years ago about writing a book. and wasn't ready at the time, but just started writing one, loved it. I feel like you can get so much deeper when you write a book than you can like in a blog post or an Instagram post. You know, everything today is so fast with an instance, obviously with Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, things need to be clippy and short and everything needs to grab your attention. And so I like the slowness of a book and just like curling up and, and sitting down and really reading something and taking the time with it. So right now I love hate writing because I have a book due in a week and a half. <laughs> so next week or two weeks from now, I'll tell you, I love it. Um, but it helps me, it helps me solidify my thoughts and ideas. It's kind of how I process, I think. Uh -huh. it's, it's like I can write better than I speak. And so it, it kind of just, I know something is true when I write it and it logically makes sense. I'm like, oh, I got that. So I learn about my design style or a philosophy or whatever it is. And it kind of just is like, great, done. And I, I love showing. I love like if, if I feel like, you know, something's easy or figured out, I want to share that and, and be like, here you go. You don't have to, you know, go through the agony of looking up a million things or whatever. It's here on a platter. It's easy for you. I love to read. I mean, I read every morning when we i was telling you wake up in the wee hours i yeah. read books every morning and so i think i just i like kind of putting that stuff out there too and for design i you know i landed on design but for me i i'm inspired by like what is the the thing i think about the most is how to be better how to be a better person mm -hmm. how to make life better and so interiors is one facet of that that i think really your environment does affect who you are and how you go out into the world and and how you behave but it's it's about sort of all those little things and kind of figuring out habits and and so this next book is a lot more about that it's called beach life and it's sort of about um how we when we go to the beach you know we live this sort of barefoot kind of soulful life you feel this connection with the ocean you feel awe you just you know, you feel, you feel that love in your heart and kind of, mm -hmm. you kind of go back home better for mm -hmm. that experience in nature. Um, so it's about sort of how to pull that into the interiors and then the food and, and sort of like beach stories. So I'm kind of rambling, but that is. Oh, no, not at all. Like that's fantastic. It's, 
it's that thing of you the piece where you said it becomes like very real and and you know it's right when you get to write it down because you actually Mm -hmm. words is your way of expressing but written words Mm -hmm. as opposed to just you're good at speaking as well but beyond that the written words gives you the slowness to be considered and to mm -hmm. play out your considerations Mm. yeah yeah my my both my girls are readers becky's a reader as well my wife one of them my eldest girl her name's paris she is an avid reader like incredible like she she would choose to read over social media over maybe movies maybe get her but she reads every day when she was Mm -hmm. she'd be getting ready for school and you know the house is kind of madness being people getting ready to for school and you'd look outside and Paris would be sitting on the deck with a with a bowl of muesli and her book and, and, and sitting at the table reading while she's eating her muesli in the mornings. And mm-hmm. she would get up earlier to do that because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it feeds it, her soul. Mm-hmm, it does, yeah. Mm. I love that whole, I, I'm not a big reader because I'm dyslexic, but I I. I long for what that gives them. Yeah, yeah. You know? Do you listen to books? Is is that I, what you normally do? Yeah, generally I listen to books. And yeah, uh, again, yeah. I tend to listen to um, books that are, I'm going to say self-help. I need lots of that. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're growth books. I've just, I'm yeah. just listening to one at the moment by a guy called Daniel Pink called Win. Okay. W H E N. Yeah. And it's just, okay. it's the most fascinating studies on the timing of things and what Ooh. the difference timing makes to when we should do things and what happens in it yeah. with time and when it's, when we get the best of us. And he talks about writing that book and how he allotted time and stayed really consistent to this allotted time, but then how to put in little timelines and little goals so that you're progressing to a point that keeps you moving with it uh, because Mm -hmm. otherwise it's so overwhelming. It's such a big task. So Mm -hmm. I've just listened to that little bit last night on my way home from work. I was uh, Oh, I need that book right now. No, you need it. You need it in two weeks. I'll definitely, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely get it. Yeah, just things like that. But I see people get lost in novels so easily as well. And I love that, the way people just get lost in the journey of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a, a real thing for cookbooks because they've got pictures. And I, I love look cookbooks. At it. Yeah, it's such a beautiful thing, and it inspires mm-hmm. me. So tell me about yeah. food with you. <laughs> you know, and, I, I and, have and the kitchen. In the kitchen, so we we always have a garden, a vegetable garden, and our we've moved, so we're kind of temporary. This one's kind of a baby garden, but usually in our houses, we sort of have these big kitchen gardens, and I put tables in them, and we eat dinner in them, and we just kind of like use it as another space, an outdoor room. So I love. Um, growing food with the kids and making meals. My family is Italian, and so I have you know family recipes and just a lot of that kind of that garlic flavoring probably to everything. <laughs> but just yeah, just love cooking and making things. I love foraging, so I love to 
kind of go in the woods and and find things and look them up and see what they are and cook with them. So on our our new website, it's kind of like broken down sort of into sections. And one of the sections is foraging and you can go there and I do like little cooking videos with what I've made or I've got like a food section with the stuff that we've made. So I love it. It's it's definitely a passion thing. I don't make any money doing it, but I just I love cooking with the kids and you know, that's one of my, those are some of my happiest times, just like putting on music and dancing in the kitchen and eating and drinking and hanging out. So. I kinda. totally get that. My wife is a amazing cook and yeah, highly capable in the kitchen and part of her magical space is being able to give from the kitchen. She, mm -hmm. she, she gives from her heart when she's in the kitchen, it nourishes yeah. others it's really special to her it's her place yeah. of her place of giving and it's, it's a way yeah. of her giving love is to feed people um and and to be creative she loves to be creative in there as well we don't yeah. forage i think we just forage at the supermarket mainly <laughs> um, but, well actually she forages at the markets that's what she does she she'll go Oh, I hate going to the supermarket. Me, I go, I'll go to the supermarket. I, I'll do a lot of the shopping if that's the case. But she will go to the markets because she she wants that organic trust feel of her feet mm -hmm. on the ground with gravel underneath it or mud if it's been raining or whatever. And mm -hmm. she wants to touch and smell and feel and the, the freneticness of a marketplace that things are happening. Mm -hmm. We lived in France for a little while and one of the best things was is we would probably go to the market two, three times a week. I love it was that. Just a little village market. And there was always, you know, we'd have to get there in time for there to be eggs. You know, we'd have to do these things in time so that. that they were there. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was really magical, you know, like as a couple, we really mm -hmm. got, and we had our youngest daughter at the time, we really got to enjoy that. And yeah, yeah we were teaching her mathematics and you know how to make change and stuff like that in those markets and mm -hmm. so yeah something that cool. farmers markets are such a i think and hopefully we see more and more of them but such an essential part of not just feeding people but of connecting people you've mm -hmm. got a producer you've got a grower and you've got somebody who cares about that food it's not just packaged in a cellophane bag and out it goes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know you know where it's coming from you know what's happened to it because yeah. so much of the food we eat is just doused in pesticides and all the fun stuff <laughs> so. yeah, yeah 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 there's a lot that we don't want to think about so mm -hmm. before when we were talking about your favorite space you said you could go kitchen um tell me about tell me about the emotions of being in the kitchen for you so go back into that same thing and if we'd said kitchen what would have that what would it feel like and what does it start with what would it feel like so kitchen for me is more energetic it's like you know we often have music going and there's a couple of us in there on saturdays if i have a free saturday i'm usually choosing to be in the kitchen at least like in the morning or like mid afternoon time. So I'm like making something fun for lunch or dinner, but it's our kitchen is sort of right off our garden here. So I'm kind of going uh -huh. you know, in yep. between the two and it's just, it's making meals and um, getting my kids to dance with me and just lively and 
light and happy. And so when we can't, here's the thing, we're the people that are like, we're either like cooking and we're like doing it or we're going out to eat to our local pub because we do not have steam left in us. <laughs> so it's like, we don't cook every single night. We're no. not that family, but we're we probably cook, you know, four or five nights a week. And then other nights we're out. But so when we're in it, we're really into it. Because we're yeah. like, okay, we're make, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Like, I love the fact with the dance with you as well, because um, you you have playlists and you have music and you share those. And yeah. tell me about that part of any of any of that part of your life. Like, what what connects you so much with the dance? You know, I don't know what it is. I think, I guess ever since I was a kid, you know, you get in a good mood, you put music on and I don't know, dance, I dance around the living room, make up dances with friends. And I think like my face, some of my favorite nights are, are with friends or with our kids and their friends and everyone that just, when you, where you end up dancing. And it's just, I, I love that because everyone's just free and it's fun. Um, and then I do think of the food with the music. So oh. even my recipes have, links to my suggested playlist so it's like if you're cooking this this listen meal, to this you're going to listen to this playlist because it's going to get you in the mood you know for your you know asparagus cream soup or whatever you know and it just it's like whatever mood i feel like the food is i pick a playlist that goes with the mood or i make a playlist for it but i i like that whole sort of immersion into life with all the senses and the food and the same thing goes with flowers and plants so it's kind of like creating a vibe all around with what you're eating seeing hearing all of that yeah, yeah. it's just it's brilliant like the the playlist and the food i so there, there was a, a book that came out years ago called something like slow jazz slow cooking or something like that I, I love that remember. I've got I've got the book somewhere it'd be sitting in a box somewhere but it's something like that and it talks about jazz and food so it's a kind of a combo recipe yeah. book. and it's I, so I, cool it, it is it's like and they they're connected you know it's like there's a yeah. connection in there I I do pizzas on Friday nights at my home that's what I do so I, I like making pies you know like and I, I have that. this romantic notion of that I'm a pizza chef, you know, that makes these pies. And um, and and so I I I love to go and get ingredient like odd ingredients. Like I'll often really thinly slice lemon, but with the skin and everything on it, and mm. put that on top of prawn pizza with chorizo and stuff like that. Oh, but yum! Just fun stuff. Yeah, like for me, it's yeah. like a really fun, creative thing. I don't have to overthink it. I can have some fun with it, but I don't actually like anybody in my kitchen with me when I'm doing it. <laughs> and I like to put on music as well. So, like as I said, our house isn't huge, so the kitchen, the dining, and the living kind of run in the line, and. Uh, I will have, I, I often put on things like maybe old Bruce Springsteen or maybe something mm -hmm. that's sort of like country folk. Or if I'm feeling like a bit upbeat, I might put on something like Nathaniel Ratliff or something like that in the night sweats mm -hmm. or, you know, something that's just a bit of, a bit folky, but offbeat or yeah, Luke, yeah. Lucas Nelson, you know, and the yeah. promise of real, those kind of things. And I put them on. And everybody else in the house, that isn't their music style. 
So they kind of, it kind of just pushes them back far enough from me that, that I get the space to myself and, you know, I'll pour red wine or I'll pour a whiskey or something and I just make pizzas. Yeah. I feed everybody, which is great yeah. fun for me. But yeah. I also get to be really creative about keeping really simple toppings and really just playing with flavours, just playing with little odd yeah. bits of flavour. And yeah. so when you're describing that, I don't dance around in the kitchen so much, <laughs> but I will come home and I'll find the three of the girls dancing in the kitchen, Aww. like a dance party and cooking. Like yeah, so my 13 year old like, cooks, my 20 year old cooks and my wife cooks. That's so great. Yeah. I I think I, I see it's like, you know, kitchen dancing is sort of like a thing, you know, just yeah. like just happens. I don't know. It, I Yeah. To me, it's really fabulous. Like I don't, I'll, I'll jump in when they're dancing sometimes, but that doesn't <laughs> often, often they repel me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really, you don't do, you don't dance like that, Dad. That, oh, that's it. not dancing. <laughs> But yeah, it is. It's like, again, a, a, a kitchen has this for the people who love food. And I don't mean just eating it, but creating with it and feeding yeah. others. It creates this most incredible nurturing, giving. And mm -hmm. when we're doing architecture or we're doing interior design, is, is how do we respond to those people yeah. and what makes it real for them? Um, mm -hmm. Because it fills another part of their soul. And the way you yeah. just described yours, it's like, oh, yeah, it, yeah. Just, it fills yeah. you up. Yeah, no, I agree with what you were saying. Becky said food, food is love. I mean, just it, it's what it is when you and you know the difference, too. Like if you make it with love or without, it tastes different. You know, it's yeah. like this one was made with love. You put the care into it. And if you just kind of it is this a totally different meal. I mean, you can but, use the same ingredients, mm -hmm. but. I know the I know ones that have been made with love for me because if I've pissed her off, she's pissed <laughs> with me. I can tell it's not made. I, I can feel it. <laughs> uh, I've got one last question for you. It's one I ask people regularly, and it's it's simple, but it's not easy. If you had one last project. And you can never do another project. This is a this is the one last project that you ever get to do. And then it's done. What do you choose? Okay, this one is so easy for me oh, because I've bugger. literally I'm not even <laughs> I've literally been like, because it's just been so this project I'm on has been so all consuming. I'm like, I wish this were my last one. Not really. <laughs> but there's times I feel like that. Um our 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 house that we're moving into, which we've owned the property now for almost two years construction has not started we've had all these delays with permitting all of this stuff but it's it's a it's not a big house it's just it's my dream house in every sense it's an old 70s house that that like i kind of am doing my sometimes i think of what i but I call it fairy tale modern. Uh -huh. So it's like got all these like sort of primitive like storybook elements, but it's clean and modern with big windows and it's got, you know, a sense of expansiveness and, and breathing room. But I, I am pouring so much into it, so much detail and, and I, I hope I will never move from here. So in one sense, I would say I, I could be happy. Well, I've never want to stop designing. Let me just say that. But if I had to just do one, it would it would be that one. I think and just it's, let it and let it be at that. Just yeah, enjoy. Yeah. yeah. 
well not enjoy you'll enjoy regardless but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's cool but it's fabulous that you've got that project happening when or come- not happening yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's me, not really a, moving but yeah it's <laughs> a story of construction when are you hoping it's finished by what's what's your hopium <laughs> i am hoping a year from now but okay. it I was, we were supposed to be in before like last Christmas. And so we we haven't even started. So I don't know that that would be great. But again, just, it's a good lesson and just being grateful. We're in a place now that we love and just trying to focus on the now and not, and not, you know, think about planning for it because it's not, that's not going to (laughs) help. So No, you're in a good place and you'll be in another good place when it's done. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Which is that, that's, the frustration isn't in it not being done whilst there is some, but you're in a good place. So enjoy absolutely. life in this moment. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. Lauren, absolutely wonderful to chat to you. It's like being, I've got pages of notes. I don't even know <laughs> why I've got so many notes. I've got all these little odd notes in here. You're going to yeah. have to give them to your, what's it called? The, 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 oh, the, I don't the do AI. that. Yeah, 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 Alice. I'm going to put notes down for you. Exactly, exactly. I've never done show notes before, but maybe maybe I should start. I don't know that people would understand them. You know, I just have little, little words. I look at them and I don't understand them. And then I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember this. (laughs) I'm not the writer, trust me. Absolutely amazing to talk to you. And we will post all your socials. We'll do all those things so people can find you. And actually, I should check with this information you've given us already. But if you could send us links to all the different furniture places, all the different places they can find your products as well. So we can post them on our website for our listeners. And I look forward to talking again and also coming and meeting you in the States. Absolutely, please come. I I know. And I've never been to Australia one day. Wow. There you go. Yeah. So we should, we should make that happen at some point. I know. I need to, I I need to get these, get these kids out and do some traveling. Gone really nowhere since. since you traveling at the moment. So it's still, I've traveled a bit since the pandemic's over. It's still a bit broken. Okay. it's still a bit broken it's still it's more expensive than it was previously and also there's the chance that things don't go there's still not enough planes in the sky to what there was mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and there's still routes that you can't you can't take as easily and so mm-hmm. you you're often doing workarounds like you you can't get as direct as you used to be as quickly so it'll, yeah. it'll fix itself, but there's still a lot of planes that aren't in the sky. And there's a lot of pilots that they still need. They can't staff mm-hmm. all the planes. So it's still got mm-hmm. that kind of like, uh, like, will I make it? With will kids. I my... Yeah, oh, you'll yeah. get there. But with kids as well, then you're suddenly wrangling a family and um, yeah. everybody has different tolerances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cars are getting more transportable at this point. So yeah, absolutely. Get. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It was thank really you so beautiful. Much. It was so good to meet you and big hug. I appreciate you yeah, having likewise. me on here. All right, take okay. care. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. 
Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, let's say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.